Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Sometimes people say, well, I just don't see any way. That just means there's something you don't see. It doesn't mean there's no way. It just means you don't see it. Well, I, I don't know how. Well, there's a lot of things you don't know, but there is a way. I said, there is a way. There's always a way of escape for the child of God. There's always a way to victory and a way of triumph. God said so. And all you got to do is look for it. Ask him to show it. And so that's what we're going to do right now. And he, his words will quicken and enable us to do what he shows us to do. And there is a way out. Everybody say it. There is, there is a, way out. a way out. A way of escape. A way to victory. Hallelujah. For me. For me. Father, all of us agree together as touching these things, asking you for the anointing and for the utterance and for the direction and the help, for the revelation and light of truth that makes free. And we submit ourselves to you and purpose to not just be hearers only, but those that act on and implement what you show us. And we say, Lord, get glory to yourself. Be exalted in our lives, in our spirits and souls and minds and lives in every part and way, for you are worthy. Uh, you deserve all the glory and praise for every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please again in 1 Corinthians 10, scripture we've been looking at for uh, some time now. In our series, we're talking about overcoming unbelief. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1, he said, Brethren, I, I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and baptized to Moses in the cloud and sea, ate the same spiritual food, drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Now, what would we know immediately without knowing anything more about the situation? What does it take to please God? Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we know these situations were void of faith. And that's a twofold thing there, or multi, multifold maybe. He said, with many of them, God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. God was not pleased that they didn't have faith and trust him and listen to him. But he's also not pleased that they were overthrown in the wilderness. Can you see that? One of the reasons why absence of faith displeases him is because it hinders him from blessing and manifesting 
deliverance and things that he wants to do for people's life if they won't trust him. Salvation, being saved from sin and judgment and all these things. God's not willing that any should perish. And he said, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies. He said, why will you die? And he, he talks about repenting, uh, the prophet said. So um, uh, the lack of results displeases God, just like the lack of faith displeases God. And they are connected. Come on, can you yes, see that? Yes, One of the big reasons why God wants you to trust him he wants you to be delivered. Amen. Right? He wants yes. you to be healed. He wants yes. you to be provided for. And these kind of things. So with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were what? Our examples. Everybody say our examples. Our example. An example for me. To the intent we should not lust after evil things, don't be idolaters like they were, don't commit fornication like they did, don't tempt Christ like they did, don't murmur. Verse 11, neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Can murmuring get you destroyed? It did them. And this is something most people don't even believe. They don't believe it's that serious. But murmuring destroyed them. Keep reading. All these things happened to them for examples, and they're written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So there is always a way out Amen. for the child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You, Go back with me, if you would, to Numbers, the 16th chapter. Numbers chapter 16. We... When he says the, these things were written for our admonition, they're examples for us. So we've been going through them one by one. And this is talking about all the things that happened to that first generation of Israelites, the, the seed of Abraham, that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage. It took mighty signs and wonders to get them out. But then once they're out, they are a, a people with no country and no government and no, they had no possessions. They were a slave nation. They, they were the property of the Egyptians and had been for 400 years. And so now they're out, they're free. The scripture said he brought them forth with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. That's among two million people, not one weak, sickly individual. Miracles happen. Can you see that? Yes, you know among a group of people that were sometimes malnourished, mistreated, poorly housed and clothed, overworked, beaten. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're not going to find one sickly person <laughs> among all. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. And what you, you, you see, it's connected to when they had to pass over. Mm 
that's, that's when something happened. They, they had to pass over and they, they applied the blood to the entryway, but then they all got inside the house and they partook of the body Hallelujah. of the lamb. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are there benefits yes. by the body of the lamb? Yeah, and one of them is healing. And so then, next thing you know, when they come out, when they left Egypt, they're all healed. And they got money. And God's got them on the way to a land of their own. He said, I've picked it out for you. But at every juncture uh, where there was some kind of challenge or issue, instead of trusting God that had got them out, they doubted him. They questioned him. They argued with him. They disobeyed him. And I don't mean once, over and over and over again, 10 major times from the Red Sea to Kadesh Barnea. And then another, you know, four or five times after that, that's recorded. That's what the scripture is warning us, us against in Hebrews 3 and 4 and 1 Corinthians 10, when he tells us, don't do what they did. Don't let that happen to you. Why? Because even though it's centuries and centuries of time between us, human nature is the same. The enemy is working the same. God hasn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. Our covenant has changed. Thank God for what Jesus has done. But sin hadn't changed. Temptation hasn't changed. The enemy hadn't changed. Selfishness hadn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. Fear hasn't changed. And so what happened to them could very well happen to you or me if we don't respond differently. If we don't make a different choice. And so uh, the way that you're forewarned and forearmed is that you have a good handle on what happened to them. And you see how it unfolded. And so then when some of the symptoms start trying to show up in your life, uh, that same thing happened to them, you'll recognize it. And you'll go, oh, no, that's what kept them out of the promised land. I'm not doing that. I'm not letting that, that come into my life. And you know what to resist and what to give no place to. Well, uh, we've already gone through 10 of these events. So if you haven't been with us, go to faithschool.org and watch them. Uh, it's under the series Overcoming Unbelief. And 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way through 10. And actually we just completed uh, 11. We're now up to number 12 in our study. And uh, you'll see recurring things. And what we are seeing are the characteristics of what the scripture calls evil unbelief. So we're able to identify it. And um, in number 16 was the 11th event, which was the uh, rebellion of Korah. And we saw what happened to them. Uh, judgment came. The ground opened up. They went down alive into Sheol, into the abyss, and it closed, and then fire blasted out and, and incinerated the 250 that were, you know, unlawfully holding up incense. And people, a lot of times that's why people don't want to read the Old Testament is because they, they say, well, oh, that just seems so, so harsh and so cruel, and, and why did God kill them like that? Well, 
The scripture said they were sinners against their own soul. They did it to themselves. Well, yeah, but why did judgment happen like that? Because they didn't ask for mercy. Nobody repented. So they got judgment without mercy, which is what sin should get. They got exactly what they deserved. And all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And had it not been for mercy, we would be going down too. Hmm? Somebody say, thank God for mercy. But you don't act like sin is nothing. Sin is not nothing. Why did Jesus have to come and pay such a terrible price? Right? Sin, because it was the only thing that would deliver us from certain judgment and destruction. If they had only asked, if they had only repented, if they'd have fell on their face and said, God have mercy on us, forgive us, he would have. He did it over and over again. Even before Christ came, he allowed them to shed the blood of animals to temporarily cover the sin so he could treat them like, you know, they hadn't sinned until Jesus would come with blood that didn't just cover, but washed it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Took it away. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the precious blood. Say it out loud. For the precious blood blood of the spotless Lamb of God that takes away away the sin of the world. world. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, you should not wait another minute. This this, This world is a very dangerous place. You're not guaranteed to live the rest of the day. If your heart stopped right now, do you know where you'll go? Do you go to heaven? You go to hell? What's going on? Well, I don't, I don't believe in all that. Well, you will when you die. You'll see it. Things are the way they are, whether you believe that way or not. Yes. No, there is a hell. And it's not made for human beings. It's made for the enemies of God. But if you reject God, that's who you are. And there's only one other place to be. No, God so loved you and me and all of us that he paid the price by sending Jesus. So say it out loud, Father God, I do believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus, that he did hang on the cross. He did pay the price for all my failures, all my sins, all my mistakes. And you have raised him from the dead, and he is alive. King of kings, kings, Lord of lords, Lords, soon to come again, again. Jesus, Jesus, I receive you you as Lord of my life. life. Thank you you for saving me. me. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. If you prayed that for the first time, you know something amazing has happened inside you. Pray that prayer with your friends, with your relatives. Tell them what happened to you, and you can pray that simple prayer with them, and they don't have to go down into the abyss. They can be saved forever, too. But what happened after this is uh, uh, verse 41, 1641, after the ground opened up, after the fire blasted out, after judgments, 
Verse 41, on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Now, haven't we seen that word recently, murmured? In the New Testament, right? Was it 1 Corinthians 10, 10, I think it is. He said, uh, don't murmur. Now, he's talking to New Testament believers. Don't murmur like they murmured, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. And that is something that we have seen. We'll take some more time with it as we go. But all the way back uh, when Moses first showed up in Egypt and told the elders uh, of, of Israel that God had sent him and that he was delivering them, they talked negative. And then when he went to Pharaoh and these signs and wonders began to happen, they still. Uh, you know, when they, they didn't have adequate straw to make their bricks then, and Pharaoh got mad, and, and, and boy, they came back on Moses and said, look what you've done to us. You, we told you to leave us alone, and, and just negative, and then murmuring, and then as soon as they got out of Egypt, and they first got to Marah, and they couldn't drink the water, they murmured, murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and they said, you've brought us out here to die in the wilderness, and we, have, we saw those phrases, we saw that response and reaction over and over and over and over. That was their standard response was, we're all going to die. And then at one point they begin to say, wish we had died. I wish we had died over there. I wish we were dead. Child of God, these words you should treat like the worst cuss words, right? You never say, I wish I was dead. Never. That is so faithless. It is so unthankful. It is a privilege to exist. Y'all with me, class? It's a privilege to exist. It's a privilege to have an opportunity to have time in this life to serve God because if you obey Him, there is eternal reward attached to that. And a place in His kingdom and a crown that will never fade. So if you've said that kind of thing in the past, repent and, and see to it that you, you purpose in your heart, I'm never going to let such words come out of my mouth again. What words? Wish I was dead. Never. Say it out loud. I refuse to say that. I refuse to say that. I will not say that. I will not say that. I wish I was dead. I, I just wish it was all over. I just, no, 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 you don't. A lot of times that's just dishonest anyway. I mean, they were saying, I wish we, wish we had died over here. Wish we was dead. No, you, if you really wished you were dead, you would have done something like that. You would have just laid down and died over there. No, why you keep trying to live? Why you, you say I'm scared and trying to get away from it? If you want to die, just stay and die. Dishonesty. Not being genuine. Not being real and right. No, life is short enough as it is. I mean, the scripture said it's like a vapor. It's like a mist. I mean, now you see it. Now you don't. That's our life down here. It's the shortest thing we will ever do as eternal spirit beings. And what we want to do is do what the scripture says, redeem the time, make the best use of it to accomplish 
why, what I exist for, why God made me, why God lets me live. I want to accomplish something that pleases Him, and that will always involve helping somebody. Amen. Huh? Yes. You interested in that, yes. child of God? Yes. Sit out loud, Lord. Lord, here am I. Thank you for making me. Thank you for making me. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving me life. And existence. And, existence. and I want to please you. And I want to please you. And I'm available, and I'm available for, you to use for you to use to help somebody. To help somebody. Show me how. Show me how. I can be useful, can be useful to, you. to you. Hallelujah. That's Hallelujah. that's it. You, you'll never be happy and satisfied just living for yourself. Trying to make yourself happy will make you miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will. It will. But when you are used of God to genuinely help somebody, help take a problem off of them, help them find an answer, help them to get it through something or recover from something, that, that, that sense of accomplishment is so fulfilling. It's what you were made to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To be a blessing. Amen. Say it out loud. I am blessed. I am blessed. See, blessed means empowered. You are empowered to do something and accomplish something. Say, I am empowered, I am empowered to, bless. to bless. That's what we're saying. Blessed to bless. Blessed to be a blessing. Helped to help. Right? Strengthened to strengthen. Every good thing that God gives you and I and fills us up with is ultimately to share. Right? And that's some of the greatest fun is being able to share and help with somebody what they need in their time of need that helps get them out of that need. On the morning, verse 41, after those things happened, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. You see what the scripture refers to in Hebrews 3 and 4 as that unpersuadable unbelief. Did they really believe that Moses and Aaron had the power to open the ground up and to blast fire, lightning and plasma? Did they really believe that? Or you'll find that when people don't want to believe, their understanding is darkened and their heart hardened. Remember he kept talking about that in Hebrews 3. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Um, you, you just get dulled and dumbed down. If you, uh, if you don't want the truth, what else is there to believe? Hmm? If you hear the truth and you see the truth, but you don't like it, you don't want that to be the way it is. And you go, no, I don't receive that. Well, what else are you going to believe? The enemy will go, hey, I got some stuff. Here, believe this. <laughs> and you can believe anything you want to believe. It doesn't have to be true. You can believe anything. It doesn't have to be reasonable or rational. What do, and this is not just four people. This is the whole congregation. This is what... Uh, two million people minus the 15,000 that just died. (laughs) And if you were sharp, 
Well, you wouldn't even have to be that sharp. If you were just alive and awake, right? (laughs) And you saw what just happened yesterday. We're not talking about a long time ago. Yesterday, why did that happen to them? Because they all rose up and came against Moses and Aaron. So 15,000 people died. So what are we going to do tomorrow? I know. Let's rise up against Moses and Aaron. (laughs) Now we're laughing. But did the scripture say the same thing could happen to us? Can you get so deceived? Can you get so darkened in your thinking that what should be so clear and obvious to you just just goes right past you? And, you know, Jesus had said to people he's ministering to, him that has ears to hear, let him hear. What does that mean? Some are getting it and some are not. Not because you didn't have a physical ear or you didn't hear the sound of the words, but it's possible to see and not see. Right? To hear and not hear. To hear and not understand. Why? Well, you'll find if you, do, if you study that thing a little further is that the condition of the heart is what affects the ear as to whether you can hear or not. And it's a willing heart that makes a hearing ear. But if your heart is stubborn, you don't hear, even though it should be clear to you and plain. There were times in in John 8, uh, you'll see this. Jesus was endeavoring to explain some things to the uh, leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees and what have you. And at one point he said, uh, "You, you can't hear what I'm saying, can you? You can't hear me. And that's when he went on to say, you're of your father, the devil. And these were the most religious people in the area. They're, they're the heads of the synagogue. Why, why couldn't they hear? Not because they weren't intelligent enough, but because of stubbornness of heart. And that's why even though these judgment has happened, all kind of things should have been obvious They still hold on to that. You can't tell us what to do. And we're going to turn this thing around ourselves. And you have killed the people of the Lord. It's all your fault. (laughs) Say it out loud. Uh, Pray the prayer. Lord, help me. To never be this dumb. dumb. Help me. me. Open my eyes. eyes. I choose choose to have a willing heart. A submissive heart heart. to you, you. your will, will. your spirit, spirit. a respectful heart heart. for your people, your Your words, your Your things. things. Thank you, Lord, Lord. for keeping me me from this kind of blindness blindness and this kind of destruction. destruction. I will be spared spared because of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Is it worthwhile studying these things? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What will the truth do for you? It will make you free. Well, our time's up again today. Let's say it like we do sometimes. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yes, you are. 
Well, we'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 